It's Cookie Lab. Hello and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And Jill, do you have your glitter and glow sticks ready for a live festival of music and cookies? Yes, I pretty much always have those things in my purse. (laughs) Very good, because we are going back to 1983, and we are going to pretend that we are 1.0s who saw the band Fish live. 1.0s. I have seen the band Fish live. Did you see them between 1983 and 2000? Yeah. Then you are indeed a 1.0 and that fantastic i had no idea that's the og group of hippie moms and organic kale chip eating fans who <laughs> love the, i think we were eating something else the band fish <laughs> i i don't know but i'm going to bet that you wish that you were eating fish food ice cream. I will say that is uh, maybe my second favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor. It is way high up there. It might be my absolute favorite Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry, the Vermont-based ice cream creators. And, of course, Fish, the jam band, also Vermont-based. That's right. And what does this all have to do with Cookie Lab? I have my suspicions in the form of a chocolatey cookie in front of me. Yes. You and I were talking and I was saying that I really wanted to investigate a very decadent cookie. And it just kind of came out of my mouth. You know, something like Ben and Jerry's fish food that was really chocolatey and had marshmallow and caramel and little chocolate fishes. Do you have little chocolate fishes? No. But... But, yeah, I can see the caramel. I got to work in the laboratory to invent our first ever original cookie recipe. No, I think you already... I think you might have already made an original cookie recipe. Well, no? I, th- I think it was a takeoff on another cookie recipe. This one okay. this is, is completely, completely homegrown. Like I knew, first of all, I had to sample several pints <laughs> of Ben and Jerry's. To get it exactly right. Fish food. Yeah. And it turns out it was uh, invented in 1997. So it also falls into that time period of the 1.0s. Mm-hmm. After I ate two or three and I was bouncing around the room. Did you mm-hmm. get my fish re- reference there? I sure did. <laughs> that's the only that's the only one I'll I'll give for the rest of the podcast. Oh, I was hoping to be peppered with fish references. <laughs> I hope and I will refer to your cookie expertise that I have captured fish food in a cookie model and you know i looked on the internet my my cookie and ice cream expertise i mean i think i'm gonna know whether it tastes like ben and jerry's fish food ice cream 
Very good. Yes, I will depend on you completely. I looked online, as I usually do for cookie recipes, and I didn't find a fish food cookie. I did find a chocolate cookie with marshmallow in it and maybe caramel. I saw it online from a bakery, but they didn't give a recipe. I saw it on a, on a YouTube. So I had to come up with it myself. But for those... How did you do it? Well, for those of our listeners who are, I can't imagine there are any, but maybe some people don't know what fish food is. Like maybe if you're a listener from Germany, you don't, you've never had fish food ice cream. I think fish is huge in Germany. They might be, but not maybe not the ice cream. So for those okay. listeners who are unfamiliar, yes. as I've said, it's a chocolate ice cream with marshmallow and caramel swirls, and that should be enough, right, Jill? But then you throw in the chocolate fishes, and it just yes. sends you over the edge. Mm-hmm. It was because you need them, I think, for texture as well. It's a you know put some some heft into and it, and they're delicious, crunchy. They call do they call them fudge? I mean they're just pieces of chocolate, right? They're fish shaped chocolate. Yeah, fish shaped chocolate. So it was the brainchild of Ben, of Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. And it also was the last official flavor that Ben created while he was still doing ice cream innovation. And then what happened? And then he didn't come up with any more flavors. It was his his piste resistance. It turns out, I didn't know this, but Ben was neighbors with the guys in the band Fish in Vermont. Okay. He worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. And they had a pretty creative container with a snorkel guy and all kinds of psychedelic colors on the container you can see it online Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. have happen to have one of those they're actually quite valuable like an original container yeah when it came time to talk about the big unveil there was nothing else that would fit the bill better than a concert but in 1997 the band was so big and they hadn't played locally for a few years so the show announcement had to be top secret Oh, it would cause a it would cause a Woodstock like situation. Exactly. Yeah. So they kept it quiet and everyone entering the show got to try the new flavor and some people, lucky, were given full pints of fish food. But what did they do with it at the concert? They like ate, did they come with a cooler bag? Oh, they just ate it. They ate it. They ate it. They yeah. got a they got a pint and I'm such a nerd. I'm like, well, how did they get it home without it melting? (laughs) (laughs) They got a pint and two spoons. Yeah. Um, And the band's royalties from fish food were used to create their own foundation in 1997, the Water Wheel Foundation, whose primary mission became the cleanup of the Lake Champlain watershed. Nice. Yeah. So it is not only a delicious ice cream with folksy roots, but it served a good environmental purpose. Awesome. All around. And now it is time for us to see if I have captured fish food in a cookie. I hope I'm going to taste it, not see it. Here we go. I see it now, and now I'm going to taste it. All right. Let's taste it. Take a big Mm. bite deep into the middle. The cookie... Oh my god, okay, first of all. Help! 
<laughs> the cookie itself is like an undercooked brownie, which is the best thing in the world, right? But then the caramel is like sealing my jaw shut. <laughs> it's not a caramel sauce. It is chunks of caramel. No, here comes your marshmallow. My caramel was quite quite gooey. I'll tell you, it's softer than the ice cream. When the ice cream comes out of the freezer, it's so rock hard. Oh, yeah. This is easier to eat than fish food and just as sweet and delicious. Oh, how nice. It was a very interesting recipe to make because I wanted something. Wow. The marshmallow does not get lost. There's all this chocolate and then there's a burst of marshmallow flavor. Yeah. I wanted something that was extremely chocolatey. So it is. I kind of went with what I knew about brownies. I melted bittersweet chocolate chips, the dark chocolate chips, with about a half a cup of butter. And okay. in a separate bowl, I took four eggs because I needed something that was going to make this fluffy. So yeah. I used four eggs and uh, one and a half cup of sugar. Because I was making cookies, I put in some vanilla extract. Why would you need vanilla extract? Just because vanilla extract always gives you a little something extra, I feel. How about chocolate extract? Oh, that would have been interesting. I don't think I needed that. I don't know if there's such a thing as that. I did put in two teaspoons of espresso powder. Okay. From other cookie recipes, we've learned that that really kind of enhances the chocolate flavor. So I wanted this to be really chocolate. And then, of course, gluten-free flour. I wanted it not to spread too much. I didn't want it to be a flat cookie because it was going to have to hold the caramel and the marshmallow. And so I used baking powder and a little bit of salt because salt makes everything better. Agree. And then I put in a package of semi-sweet chocolate chips. And it was kind of more like a brownie batter at that point. Yeah, that's kind of what it tastes like. And I'm not sad. And so then I let it sit for about 10 or 15 minutes. And the longer I let it sit, the more solid that it became because I knew that the the flour would mix with everything else and start and to soak s- up that solidify. Liquid. Yeah. So then I used a quarter cup of cookie dough for each cookie because I knew I needed a lot. So that's a that's a big cookie. Yeah, it's bigger than your regular cookie scoop. I knew I needed a lot, so I put out the cookie dough on the pan. Once they were all out, I took two vegan mini marshmallows. Now, here's a little trick. Vegan mini marshmallows are much more likely to hold their shape and not just dissolve within your cookie because they don't contain gelatin. And gelatin, when it's heated, will just ooze all over the place. So two vegan mini marshmallows. And then I took pre-wrapped caramel candies, you know, the kind that you use for caramel apples. Mm -hmm. I cut those, each, each square, into four pieces. And I put two pieces on either side of the marshmallow. Then I used a small spatula and folded up the cookie dough around all of that so it was buried in the center oh so this wasn't a mix-in situation no it wasn't it was it was like a carefully folded situation yes it is quite the gourmet how did you get that idea 
I don't know. My own little head came up with it. Because, you know, maybe it would be if you just mixed it into the dough, maybe it wouldn't work out. I wanted to make sure that every cookie had a good amount of marshmallow and a good amount of caramel. That's what they do at Ben and Jerry's. And they have, every once in a while, they, they pull a pint off the line and just chop into it with a knife. Right in half, yeah. Look at the cross section and make sure it has the appropriate amount of, like, goodies mixed in. I think I nailed it. I might put in a little bit more marshmallow. I like the ratio. I'm fine with the ratio. I just think the caramels are a little hard to chew. Maybe use a caramel sauce instead. I don't know. Could you make? Could you have made the pieces any smaller? I could. Or would, yeah. would it be too hard to cut them that small? No. I've seen really small, like, nodules of caramel that you can melt to make caramel apples. That would be good. Maybe they'd be too small. I don't know. I have to think about it. You could sprinkle them throughout. Yeah. It, the caramel did mo- melt and ooze a bit, but it is a... Yeah, it looked it looked it is temptingly little, oozy, but it, it, is, it is a little chewy. I mean, as long as you know what you're getting into. Like, don't try to, like, have a conversation or, you know, do a podcast while you're trying to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to the science. And today we've just got some really simple science. Let's hear it. It's all about caramel. Oh. We're going to visit our friend, the Milliard Reaction. Yeah. Because when you think of caramels, you think of caramelization, right? No, I think of eating delicious candy. Oh, yeah, and caramel apples. Mm -hmm. But when you're making caramel candies, you are taking sugar, cream, corn syrup, and butter, and you heat it to 245 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. If you want to caramelize sugar, it has to reach 338 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Where does the brown color come from? It's the reaction between the sugar and the amino acids that make up the protein in the cream not the oh sugar. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I have no idea. And this reaction is called the Milliard reaction, after the French scientist who discovered it. It's the rich brown color of toasted nuts and barbecued meats and toast. All the good things. Oh, my gosh. All my You just listed, like, all my favorite things. You love the Milliard. Does it have anything to do with peanut butter? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Caramelization, you can get that just with sugar. And if you put it in a pan and heat it, it will eventually melt. And at 338 degrees Fahrenheit, it will start to turn brown. And at this temperature, the sugar compounds begin to break down and form new different colored compounds. And that is caramelization. Often we get some caramelization in our cookies on the bottoms, especially. Yeah, Because definitely. the granulated sugar melts. We cook our cookies at 350 degrees usually. Uh, So it's above 338, and you get caramelization. But I didn't make my own caramels. I just unwrapped them and put them in the cookie. And we now have this new never-before treat that will have our listeners saying... Keep your fins off my cookies. (laughs) But you know what? I think think you should come up with like... um, what are we donating the imaginary proceeds of this cookie towards? Because, you know, Ben and Jerry and the fish guys are all such do-gooders, and you mentioned their their foundation with cleaning up the waterfront. What is what, what good in the world is this fish food, cookie lab fish food cookie going to do? Our imaginary proceeds? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, uh, well, I suppose we could market and sell them. 
But, I mean, I think fish food is probably trademarked. Probably. We might have to call it dog food cookies. Oh, that doesn't sound appetizing. <laughs> and our dog and food cookies. Chocolate is toxic to dogs. It doesn't make sense. Our dog. All right, listeners, our, oh, we're going to have to right. get back to you. Hit the lab and Yeah, uh, listeners, write in. Tell us what, what we should name these cookies and where the proceeds should go. Maybe maybe we'll be able to make it happen. Who knows? We can certainly send some good vibes out there. Some good vibrations. All right, Jill. I'm going to put on my fish album, and uh, I will see you in five hours when the when the first song is when the when first the, song ends. Okay, <laughs> the first song is over. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, Chris. Or next week on Cookie Lab. Yes. Bye bye. Bye. It's Cookie Lab. Uh, uh, uh.